Do you know what's so insane to me is that you've been in California for all of what, 15 hours, 18 hours, and you're like, comp- your whole fucking demeanor is like changed and light <laughs> and you're back to like this fun loving GS that I know. Not my like, I I might cry at any time. God, it's unbelievable. <laughs> you've only been there for a few hours and it's just like that much of a change. Like, it's the sunshine, number one. It's actually getting to bed at a reasonable time and not running around New York City, like, you know, meetings and every night. And also yeah. just like feeling a little bit of distance from all of the pressure filled things that are uh, I'm involved in right now. From a distance. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to coffee. This is a mentorship podcast for the digital age. For the doers, the rule breakers, people who are building it from the ground up. From movie stars to blog writers to celebrity caterers and masters of wine. In this day and age, we have something to learn from everyone. So this is your weekly chance to get personal with people who've been down the road before you. And soak up a whole lot of inspiration from every corner of the internet. Andrew, what are you uh, drinking today? What kind of coffee are you drinking this what morning? What kind of coffee am I drinking this morning? I have a guess. What is it? Intelligentsia. It's not intelligentsia, actually. That's funny that you say that because I am actually drinking a um, Colombian blend called Le Colombia. It is from my mother-in-law's neighbor's daughter-in-law. Ooh, track that. (laughs) Yeah, track that one. There it is. So mother-in-law has a best friend who has a daughter-in-law and she's from Colombia, from Cartagena, and she brought back a bunch of coffee because she heard that we were doing pour-overs. And she was like, oh, I'm going to bring those back. Let me bring a couple bags back. So we've been going through this like kind of a milder blend and it is delectable. So if you, if you, very fruity, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, uh, Andrew, every, it's like Pavlov's dog, every single time. I don't know if that's a real reference, but it is. Um, every single time I I ask Andrew what he's drinking, it's always intelligentsia coffee. So this is like a red letter day that he's drinking something else full departure complete departure from my actual norm which is strange for me because i'm a creature of habit and this is far from habitual for me so question for you like how does it stack up where where are you where are you sitting at with all of this like how do you like the the like colombia real colombian coffee beans as opposed to the intelligentsia i honestly don't care for it uh (gasps) honestly i don't care for it it's uh yeah yeah no it's 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 a little too acrid. I actually brought I'm in LA as Andrew mentioned and I actually brought um <laughs> my fairway Colombian beans with me. I just put them in a Ziploc yeah, yeah, and yeah. brought them with me. But I really in LA it's really nice cuz Whole Foods carries um Groundworks coffee which is super delicious. Yes. <clears throat> and in these big huge tins like the old Folgers tins, you know what I mean? But like right, but good right, right, delicious right. coffee, so that's where I'm going next. I'm not going to lie. I think there's something nostalgic for me about Folgers just because my grandfather and grandmother drank it all the time and it came Absolutely. The big, it came in the big tin, but then it also like they they turned it around to this big grabbable plastic thing with the top yeah. on the thing. And, like it just always reminds every time I see it in the store I'm like can I just want to smell that? So I go up to it and there's a clearly yes. the seal. I don't break the seal on it, but I can smell like through the thing. Like, That's so weird. Give myself a little, a little pop just to be like grandmother's house. I wonder how many people have seen you doing that in the middle of a grocery store and been like, what's that dude? He's weird. Well, if they follow me around for a few minutes, they'll realize that's not the weirdest thing I've done in the grocery store. So, so there's that. all this talk about coffee, Andrew, <laughs> I feel like this might be a really good episode to uh, say hi to all our new listeners and uh, tell them why in the world we're sitting here talking about the coffee we're drinking because they probably might have some questions. Well, this will answer one of those questions. Hello, coffee drinkers. <laughs> my name is Andrew Call, and this is one of my best Best friends in the entire world, Jessica Ryan. Hi. And we created this podcast because we both love skill acquisition. We are acquirers of skill and we are looking for mentors and entrepreneurs. And where do we find them? We don't know. In our business, in our industry, in the creative arts and the theater, we don't have that thing. So we made a podcast. We made a fucking (laughs) podcast because you know what? Everybody's doing the podcast thing, but we're flipping it on its ear. We're taking people out to coffee that you want to hear from, that we want to hear from. And we are just like, we're filling our, filling our cups full of knowledge cups, full of delicious knowledge coffee. So also something you should know if you're new to listening to Take Me to Coffee is we have a reoccurring uh, segment every so once in a while called Crazy Shit (laughs) Andrew Says. (laughs) And that last bit is definitely going on this episode. 
So both Andrew and I are in the theater, like you mentioned, and we both get asked to go to coffee a lot by folks who are, you know, a little younger than us and newer to the business. And it's another reason we made this podcast is it's so hard to find time, but both of us really, really always want to help, right? Because we didn't have that for ourselves when we started in the business. So it's another reason we created this podcast is now we're forced to get together, hang out, every week (laughs) and have coffee with all of these incredible people and hopefully also share that with you. And at the top of every episode, we have this little coffee date that we're having right now. The fun part about our podcast is, is that we actually are very dear friends together for what, almost 20 years now. So, well, 15 years, definitely 15 years now. And we, we barely fucking saw each other. We live in the same city, (laughs) like a hundred blocks from each other. We live in the same city. I didn't see, I didn't see this woman for probably five, six years. And then one day I was like, we have yeah. to really sit down and make this happen. Since we've done this podcast, if you've got a best friend out there, if you've got yeah. a best friend out there that you're like, fuck, man, I miss this person, yes. start a fucking business. Start a business together and then you'll be like, God <laughs> damn it, I love that person. Or God damn it, I didn't really miss that person in the first place. Uh, that actually, one of my favorite podcasts is Call Your Girlfriend. And that's exactly why they made that. It was two best friends that weren't in the same city and needed to see each other. And you're right, Andrew, like this has really given us some structure around our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this entire relationship, the paradigm of this relationship is completely changed. Uh, we are co-founders of this this thing and you run this business and I'm kind of just your your uh, on-camera lackey. He's very self-effacing. Yes, I am. Today, uh, especially for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's the dreariness outside in this cold, wet New York day. I don't know. I wouldn't know. It's very sunny here in Los go Angeles. fuck yourself. Go fuck Sorry. yourself. See, that's what <laughs> friends do. You can say, go fuck yourself, and then you can say, let's go have a coffee date. So that's what we're going to do on this episode. Who are we, what are we doing today? We are talking... Oh my God, I'm so freaking excited about today. So there is a new show coming into New York, off-Broadway, uh, in a couple of weeks. And it's, uh, it's a little property that you might have heard of, uh, Sideways. You remember that uh, movie? The movie that ruined Merlot? <laughs> Paul Giamatti, Thomas Hayden Church. Yep. Oh, I love him. Some of the finest, like some of the finest comedic acting I've seen in, in uh, quite a few Can years. Can we just take a hot second before I continue to explain this uh, to recognize and revere Thomas Hayden Church's mustache mm. in Divorce? The show he does with Sarah Jessica Parker. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, that was a moment. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Well, you're just going to uh, picture to the stash or it's to the so show? Good. It's like Sam Elliott level mustache. He's He has epic facial hair. That guy also is like, he's fucking hysterical, but like he is also one of the like funniest dudes, but he's also like a dude who keeps himself in shape. This is really, it calls into question a lot of things because my initial reaction to the mention of Thomas Hayden Church was like, what a fine mustache mm. you have, sir, and how funny you are. And yours was, he's a sex symbol. <laughs> Felt like it should be backwards. No heteronormative (laughs) bullshit here. So Sideways, the movie is now Sideways, the immersive theatrical experience opening in New York City at the end of February. And part of the reason that it's immersive is because if you get a fancy VIP ticket to it, you get to go early before the show. Oh, no, no, not a ticket. Sorry to interrupt you. Not a ticket. You know what you get? You get a fancy wine glass that acts as your ticket. I stand corrected. Ma'am, you roll your (laughs) R's like a champion. (laughs) So if you get a very fancy VIP wine glass, you get to go early to the show and uh, experience an incredible wine um, immersion experience with Wine Access, which is uh, Andrew and I's favorite wine company, uh, and incredible food passed and, and served yes. by a celebrity caterer, Mary Giuliani, um, which very important. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just take a second. It's Mary, M-A-R-Y, Giuliani, not Mayor Giuliani, and they're not related. So don't add us. Mary Giuliani. So today we are we're so lucky to have on the podcast uh, Mary Giuliani and Vanessa Conlin, who's the head of wine for Wine Access. They've got this experience coming in off Broadway, St. Clement's, uh, limited run. Uh, get your tickets immediately because- The link's in the show notes. This thing's going to sell out. And one of my favorite things about this conversation that we're about to have, and I would love to hear, you know, your thoughts on it, guys, as you listen to it or afterwards, there's so much wisdom and advice to be taken from this episode. If you're, you know, considering or in the middle of building your own thing, man, like on top of all of this, the cherry on top is that there's so much good advice there. The cherry on top for me was the fact that there is a an amusement ride oh my God. that comes into question here. And when you listen to the episode, you'll find out what it is and how it works and how it is facilitated into this conversation. I'm just going to throw that little little fishing line out there. And well, all we're saying is you want to get invited to a dinner party at Mary Giuliani's house is what we're saying. I, I can't believe she hasn't asked us. I'm going to feel a little resentful and jealous that she didn't immediately It's like ask only us. the day after we recorded this. Give her some time. She loved us. We loved her. <laughs> 
I know, but when you hear about this specific thing, I felt immediately like a child, and I wanted to like be just invited over. Oh, Pookie! I just want to be invited. So, if you're a new listener, we're so happy you're here with us today. We hope you keep listening and check out some of the emo- other amazing episodes we've got. If you've been around for a while, hey, thanks. We're at episode 29, which is hard to believe. What the fuck? And Andrew and I've had the best time making this podcast and hearing from you guys. Oh, we hear from you so often on social media, and we're so thankful you've suggested some amazing people that we've had on the podcast. So, we hope you'll go over to Twitter and uh, Instagram and follow us at TM2C Podcast uh, and keep hanging out with us. We hope you enjoy this episode of Take Me to coffee with Vanessa Conlon and Mary Giuliani from Sideways, The Experience. Vanessa, Mary, good morning. Good morning. morning. Okay, first off, this is a Take Me to Coffee podcast. Cups up. Cups up. What are you drinking this morning? Cups up. What is that? La Boheme? Coffee. I actually, I'm not at home. I'm uh, in LA on work, so I brought this from Napa with me specifically. That is commitment. You travel with your own coffee mug? Yes. <laughs> I appreciate that so hard. What type of coffee are you drinking? Oh, uh, well, I'm in a hotel, so I'm drinking really bad lobby <laughs> coffee. <laughs> what about you, Mary? I am, or I, I, my mug game, I should have been more creative with my mug. I want to run back and get it. Talk about mug. matches your shirt. It's perfect. I'm drinking black coffee. Black coffee, yeah, yeah. Um, and my mug says, great minds drink alike. Oh, Aww, shit. that's cute. Do no. you sometimes drink wine out of that coffee cup? I do, and sometimes a little vodka. <laughs> Together? I'm a mom, so <laughs> necessary. Get it, get it where you can. <laughs> right? Right? If you're at home and listening and you're wondering why we're all together today, a celebrity caterer and a Masters of Wine candidate, it's because we're celebrating Sideways, the experience, a new immersive theatrical experience uh, debuting in New York City in just a few weeks. Vanessa, what's the difference between a sommelier and Masters of Wine candidate, Masters sommelier, Masters of Wine candidate? So they're both the highest credentials you can get in the wine industry. But um, if you think about it, a sommelier is really... um, presenting in a restaurant table side and master of wine is for people who maybe aren't pursuing a career in restaurants um, and pursues that field. So for instance, I don't have any service testing on mine, but we have to write extensive essays basically about, you know, viticulture, vinification, marketing, the business of wine, legality. I mean, name it. Um, and then also we do blind tasting like you do on the master sommelier, but, um, like I, I don't have a restaurant career, so it made more sense for me to do the master of wine. Okay. So then how did you guys come together for sideways the experience? Did you know each other before this? What to tell us that story? No, it was a divine, divine meeting of it these was. two wonderful ladies. Um, <laughs> no, so I, um, I started out in theater. I, um, I'm an English major, theater minor from- Hell, uh, yes. Yes. I went, I went to Georgetown and, and carved out a theater minor with Bradley <gasps> Um Smell well, you. We were part of, we were part of like a theater, theater geeks, because it was hard to be a theater geek I'm in Georgetown because sure. there wasn't a lot of <laughs> theater there. So anyway, we get out of school. He goes on to go to the actor's yeah. studio and becomes Bradley Cooper. And I do not get into the actor's studio and I become a caterer. Mm, <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> That's amazing. So, um, but I've always had a theatrical, you know, I, that's where I go back to. I, I adapted a very Zen, like, you know, if you can't join them, serve them kind yes. of mentality. Makes sense. And ended up um, working for a caterer, then lo- realizing that this is exactly what I wanted to be when I grow up. Started my own catering company in 2005 and have always been dying to get back to that stage. I've written a one woman show called If You Can't Join Them, Serve Them. I've done all sorts of things. So I've talked about this a lot. I also host something called Eating Stories, which is storytelling and food on stage. So a friend of mine reached out to me and said, you might want to be involved in this project. It, they're bringing Sideways off Broadway. And they are pairing – it's basically they want to do a food and wine experience on the stage before they get into the play. And the play is actually adapted by Rex Pickett, who actually wrote yep. the film. So it's very legit. real and very <laughs> yeah. cool. Very legit and very cool. And then I heard about Vanessa and Wine Access being the wine component because I could tell you everything about tiny food and hors d'oeuvres <laughs> and party foods, but I can't really tell you much about wine. And I was thrilled that Wine Access, because they're so cool and groovy and fun. And then when I met Vanessa, I was like, this is this is incredible just because she's so impressive and she's so cool. Right back at you, Mary. 
it was a great, you know, meeting of the minds and um, yeah. we got together with the director and um, I don't know, Vanessa, you, you. Yeah. Well, I also have a, a background in theater. I have a master's degree in music and um, I performed as an opera singer professionally for yes, several years did. and um, did, did a Broadway show. So, you know, I had a career change discovered wine i realized like wow i can be really passionate about music but i don't have to do it myself necessarily um and it just sparked something in me that you know that made me want to change careers so i you know i pursued wine but similar to mary i've never really had an opportunity to take wine back into the theatrical space so same thing i heard about this i thought okay sounds a little out there but I'm open to it. Um, and yeah, when Mary and I sat down and she cooked all this amazing food and we brought wine and we talked about pairings and it just clicked. We were sitting in the table read and I don't know about you, Vanessa, because we didn't have time to chat afterwards, yeah. but we were sitting in the table read and it was kind of the first theater table read I ever sat at. Me too. And I realized that I was completely just the caterer and I had no real reason to be there other than to listen. But it felt so cool. I was yes. like the, the proximity to the acting yeah. and the proximity to the theater. It was like, this is real. So I, I'm totally excited. You know, we talk all the time on here about like, I just, we fucking think that theater is the ultimate like uh, skill setter for any career. And just because you don't do it, you know, full time doesn't mean you lose those skill sets or that they didn't oh, yeah. set all the foundations. We, we like just keep finding everybody who comes on this podcast is from the theater. No, it's true. And I apply it to every day. Like I'm very grateful that I have a catering company because every single day we're putting together small theatrical performances. We are, you know, traveling without going anywhere. We're altering yes. someone's experience. Yeah. So I do get to live out this dream just sort of in like a roundabout way. <laughs> I mean, you are in essence a director, right? I mean, you are a direction, yeah, production designer. Yeah. You do all of those things. You Correct. set a stage yep. for an experience, which is, is magical. Wait, I hear, Mary, is it true that you have a Ferris wheel? Uh, something, a story about a Ferris wheel and dinner parties? I do. I do. I created um, many years ago and I thought it was brilliant. Um, We got asked to do a um, party for Stella McCartney. Um, And um, who's she? Who's that? that? that, I think she has a famous dad. She has a famous dad. He was in a band, I think. Um, Yeah. But um, (laughs) she obviously has this amazing fashion line and vegan and um, it's really cool. And so she wanted to do a carnival in a cemetery. I'm obsessed with that. And you heard that right. A carnival in a cemetery. It was amazing. So in the East Village, there's this old hidden, I've walked by it a million times, never even looked in. There's this old, old cemetery um, where, so we basically did this beautiful, bright, she was, it was her spring collection, this beautiful, bright carnival. So I was like, the food has to be really amazing. Da, da, da. So I came up with this idea of this, this ginormous Ferris wheel that instead of on the seats, there were little... Um, things for cones and we did black pepper cones like ice cream cones and oh my then God. my waiter scooped out mac and cheese onto the cones <gasps> and instead of sprinkles oh we did things like pancetta and scallions and truffle oil and black truffles and so it was pretty cool and then I kept it and it is in my backyard <laughs> I pull it out for parties it's amazing <laughs> theater nerd theater nerd yeah, right? theater, theater nerd, nerd. Come to my Ferris wheel, everybody. <laughs> One of the things that happens often on here by accident is that we tend to be talking to folks who have reimagined their industries or like are doing things really differently. And I think that that's something that's you guys, to me at least, on the outside, have in common with Wine Access and Mary Giuliani Catering and Events. I would love, I think, actually to not comment on it, but to just ask you each with your companies, like how that manifests itself, you know, the way in which you found yourself doing things a little differently than the rest of the people in your industry. I think that our listeners would really love to hear those stories. Sure. Well, I mean, with Wine Access, so we're a national uh, direct-to-consumer e-com wine retailer. And I'd say there's a lot of people in that space. So what we're doing differently is we we really think every day, how are we going to connect people and place through wine? Because there's so many options out there for for learning about wine, for buying wine. But like, how do you know what to buy and how do you know who to trust? So what we're doing to answer your question is really establishing credibility. Like my job really is to be an advocate for the consumer and say, like, how can I describe this wine or this? coffee mm-hmm. right now um so she says shortly, yeah, exactly right <laughs> or yourself <laughs> um you know but but how do, how do we take you know my experience i tasted this wine 
you're at home behind a computer. How can I accurately describe this wine so that you have trust that you're going to like this when you get it? So we, I mean, we, my wine team, we travel the world. We meet with producers. We're really like asking questions. When we present a wine, we write all original content, all of our own tasting notes. So there's no like just Googling things or Wikipedia or taking the winery tech notes. Um, we were like in the vineyard asking the questions, um, telling the story, and then really trying to bring the, the wine to life and take you on this journey with us. So yes, you're shopping for wine, but we want it to be also an experience. So you really feel like you were there with us. Um, and, you know, and we're very devoted to just credibility. So, you know, when we write about something, it really is because we talked to the winemaker, yeah. like we were there. Um, so just really trying to, again, connect people in place through wine. And we do that, of course, behind a screen, but then also with things like Sideways the Experience, um, we're trying to also get out from behind the screen. So going and doing events like this, um, I'm in LA right now. I live in Napa, but I'm in LA because we're doing an event with Silver Oak mm. tonight. Where Matt Duncan, who's, you know, third generation, oh, yeah, third generation oh, yeah. proprietor, like he's going to be here with me. We have a small audience where we're going to present the wines, have a Q&A. I'm going to moderate a conversation with him. So, um, again, to get back to your question, I think we're doing differently is, yes, we're in e-com, but we're trying to draw you in through the screen, but also then get out from mm-hmm, behind it. Mm-hmm. You have, I'm sure, had a lot of amazing jobs throughout the years. But when you found like this relationship with Wine Access, did it feel like a relief or like super exciting because it was so different in that way? Absolutely. I mean, I used to be a buyer in New York City and then I moved to Napa. I did sales and marketing for wineries. Um, but this was sort of combining, it's like using all my experience I have from you know, being around the winery, being around the vineyards, but also then my experience in working with a consumer as the retailer. And it's just combining everything into one. It's really kind of my dream job. What about you, Mary? I sell hot dogs for a living. Tiny ones. <laughs> um. uh, also, dream job. Yeah. <laughs> this is so much more impressive than I am. That's amazing. No, um, I, I worked for a like white glove silver tray caterer when I uh, when I was yeah. trying to be an actress and um, just thought I was you know it was a pit stop and then when I realized this was my dream and I stayed there for two and a half years and learned everything um, it was time to start my own business and I realized working with high end clients that they were all sticking to the same script it was like yeah. they have to have. Chilean sea bass. They have to have vegetable timbal. They have to have smoked salmon yeah. and wrapped in. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, looking around, I'm like, I'm sure every once in a while they just want like a grilled cheese or like a <laughs> And those were foods that were fun to me and comforting. So back when I started my own company, I wanted to make sure that we could be the most creative and fun extension of your brand. Um, so I mostly work with art, fashion, and entertainment clients. So We get to translate, you know, whatever they're selling or promoting or pitching, you know, through food and beverage. And so I think that's what kind of sets us apart. That's not, you know, but it's not super, super sophisticated. It's playful. It's chic. It could be in – you could serve it before an opera, but you could also serve it at two in the morning, you know, after you've, you know (laughs) – and that's really when when I met Mary, when she and I sat down to do the pairings and she presented her food. I think I said this to you, Mary. It's like it's it's not she she tweezed her food, but it's beautiful still. But it's so like you get your personality yeah. through it because Mary, as you can see, she's so warm yeah. and Thanks, pal. people just gravitate to her because she's just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just you have an authenticity about you that's really refreshing. And I feel that that translates to her. Food. All I'm thinking about is a, a salt and pepper cone with a, a little mac and cheese. Yeah, at Sideways, we're serving a red wine pasta donut. Oh, my God. So yes, please take us through the menu at, at Sideways, the experience, uh, because I haven't had breakfast and or lunch yet and it is nigh on 11 o'clock could you just throw out one more <laughs> a mini uh truffantina grilled cheese with shaved black truffle honey god okay so now we're on the food i want to get to the wine pairings uh we do have a question right now hi mary hi vanessa this is amanda mccrossin from napa valley i'm so excited that you two are going to be partnering with the sideways project and so i wondered since sideways was the movie that uh 
just sort of destroyed the Merlot reputation, uh, which is a grape that I really love as a sommelier. And Vanessa, maybe you do too. And I feel like it's a grape that was really great, but but really fell off a cliff after this movie and people started to hate it. I wondered, Mary, if you felt like there was a food equivalent of that. Is there a food that people love to hate on that you think is really delicious and deserves a little bit more attention in the limelight? Surprise <laughs> guest, Amanda McCrossin. How great is she? Hi, Amanda. She's awesome. Well, I just I just talked about a food that people hate, but I actually do hate it, so I don't know if I could use it to put – but it it's truffle oil. I just can't stand it. I can't stand it. It bothers me. Like, it gets me angry. Um, <laughs> Vanessa, maybe. So truffle honey. Truffle honey. Because it just it's honey with just shaved oh. black truffles. Like an actual truffle is delicious. But that fake truffle oh, oil smell that you, you okay. they douse over mac yeah, and cheese right. and french fries. I just don't like it. Some people love it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. just my personal thing. Just to address her um, comment, which was true, um, for anyone who doesn't know, after Sideways, the movie came out, like the Merlot um sales plummeted and Pinot Noir skyrocketed and it honestly has not recovered. Um and it was just that one comment <laughs> that Miles said, I'm not drinking any effing Merlot. Um it somehow yeah. it just stuck in people's brains. And yeah. it's so ironic because Merlot is like the backbone of some of the greatest wines in the world. You know, if you think about Bordeaux, um, there'd be no Bordeaux without Merlot. So it's just so funny that that stuck with people. But that's but, why um, we're serving it at Sideways in two different ways. Right. We're serving it as a, as a, as a, you know, as one of the, uh, the featured wines, but then also we are cooking exactly. with it in the pasta donut as well. So we're going to Merlot them up. Nice. Where, <laughs> where did that come from? Who was it? You guys that were like, we have to use this opportunity to reinstate I, Merlot. I think Vanessa, I think on our first call, you said we have to serve Merlot. Merlot and I was like, yes, yes we do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So is there like, are you guys That's doing some kind of a kitschy presentation for the Merlot being like, you can fucking hate it or fucking love it, but this is fucking I think, Merlot. Vanessa, I think you should say that exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sideways. You fucking love it. You fucking hate it. We're serving Merlot. We're also serving Pinot Noir. (laughs) I have a question about that for you, Vanessa. Do you, that, what you were talking about in all the written communication for wine access that is Mm -hmm. story based and that is really consumer facing, like, I feel like when I watch people talk about wine, and this is not true for Amanda, I know for sure, but often people are so fancy when they're talking about wine at events. So like, how do you bring that personal piece of the written communication of wine access into your personal presentations, like tonight, what you're doing in LA, um, so that it's like a little more accessible? You know, that's a great question. I mean, I think the thing is that to relate it back again, where we started, like with I have a, you know, a background in opera and I love all music. I mean, Led Zeppelin is like my jam, but like I grew up with classical musicians and, uh, and then pursued opera. And there's just this, you know, um, perceived sort of elitism about opera, like, or this perception that like you have to know something about it in order to enjoy it. And so I kind of grew up thinking about this, but in a, in a, with my my music hat on, which is like, how can you allow people to just enjoy themselves, which is what music was meant for. And is what mine is meant for too, was meant to bring people together and inspire conversation. And we don't all have to agree. You know, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about wine is like we can all sit around the table um share the same bottle and you're gonna have a different experience than i have um and so i think it's i just really tried to allow people to not agree (laughs) and to and to know that they don't have to be quote unquote right uh in order to enjoy a wine so it's something that you know maybe i'm really passionate about it but it doesn't resonate with you but then we can still have a conversation about it so i guess i just really try to include everyone's opinion in the conversation and then try to empower them to um trust their own palate because i again like i i don't have a, the same palate as anyone else on this on this podcast or anyone listening at home so it might be something that i truly enjoy and i can explain why but i want to maybe hear what you enjoy do you too. find it's a, is it a lot of work to tease that out because it feels like to go back to the sideways experience, wine is one of those things culturally that we've been particularly people like with money or that are using mm-hmm. it as a way to like, you know, cr- come together with a particular community yes. that we've been taught to like agree like, right. oh, Miles said he's not drinking Merlot. I'm not drinking Merlot. Right. So I'm curious, like, is it tricky to get people to start voicing their opinions about wine in a, a situation in which they don't feel confident? Well, luckily, wine has alcohol in it. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
<laughs> I find that after a glass, uh-huh. it's actually very easy conversation to start. <laughs> There's a subjectivity to wine, and we've had this discussion with with Amanda, and like having that, you know, the baser palate and not the more refined palate. You are, it's like super subjective. You're like, I don't know enough information about this to actually have an opinion. And I think, you know, of course, after a glass of wine, everybody's mm-hmm. got all the opinions. What is it? What is it about your brand and your company that kind of reaches through the screen? And you know, other than yeah. you know your personal experience, like how do you kind of shape that? Is there like a formula for it? So or? there's something we um, use called Blicka. And if you've taken a wine class like WSET, um, it's an acronym that sounds for balance, length, intensity, concentration, complexity, and ageability. Oh. So when we assess a wine at Wine Access, we're sort of taking our personal preference out of it and just saying, is this wine, is, is this a quality wine? Does it check those boxes, you know, whether it's the kind of wine that I want to buy and drink it that night, like I have to know that this over delivers on quality for the price ratio. So, so it's sort of as professionals, it's taking your personal preference out of it. But I think it's also useful for consumers because I think it's hard for people to say like, okay, like, is this a good wine? How do I know? And I think once you have those sort of building blocks or that common language, of using Blicka. And we actually made a video. I'll send you the link. It's very um, Wes Anderson style tongue in cheek video <laughs> about yep, Blicka. Show notes. Great. Um, that we shared. It's on our website. But just it, to teach people that. So it's like empowering them to say like, I may not love this wine. It's not my style, but I recognize that it's a quality wine. And in terms of the collaboration with you two also with this question, I guess it feels to me at least again as an outsider that like, Mary, your experience like taking the everyday like comforting foods and and using them in a very fancy setting also feels like another offset in terms of like letting normal people like Andrew and I, you know, that aren't fancy wine people feel more comfortable diving into some of the stuff that Vanessa's talking about. Is that, it feels very serendipitous. Yeah, I think so. I think that the, I think the goal of this is that it feels like a very inclusive experience. I think that would, you know, to learn about yeah. the wines, to have some foods that you recognize, don't recognize, but um, don't feel weird asking the question, what the hell is this? Um, I think that if we can pull that off, which I think we will, um, then it's going to be a really fun night for everybody. We have another question, a writing question from Instagram for you, Mary, uh, from Meg from NYC. She would like to know, what are your approaches to managing big teams and being a leader? What's it like working with your husband? And how do you balance professional and Meg, Meg, ready, go. (laughs) Want to meet me for a drink? Um, (laughs) How much time do you have? How much time do you have? We've only got an hour for the podcast. With the the working with your husband, Uh, but that's impossible. I, I stopped doing that. No, um, it's all good. No, Um, no, I think that um, managing a team. So that that was that was the big thing. So I started my company in my living room with my husband and my beagle, Stanley, who's not with us anymore. Um, R.I.P. Stanley. Rest in peace. 16 years, though. He had a good run. Um, Oh, ate a lot of hors d'oeuvres off the floor. Um, Oh, man. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, But um, so we started very small and I didn't expect to grow in the way that we did. And I'm very grateful that we did. Um, We went from two people to, in our busy season, we have about 200 freelance employees that, you know, and and, and a core core staff of about 20 um, all the time, full time. So um, I think you have to set, for me personally, is you set, you know, the the fish stinks from the head. You know, it's it's really true. And so I make it very clear what is the core values of our company? What is the core messaging? What is the the goals that we need to, and and we sit down once a year and talk about this, maybe sometimes twice. Um, What are we selling? What are we doing? What what, what are, you know, and so that I think if that stays authentic and Mm -hmm. you also run a business that, um, I'll I'll be very honest, I don't have a desk in my office. Um, I tend to be more in the field and with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that um, you got to get over yourself. Uh, you have to realize that it's a service business and you can pick up a napkin <laughs> off the floor just like the rest yeah, of your gang exactly. can. Um, yeah. And um, you, you got to lead by example. And I think that that's how I how I have been able to have longevity of, you know, thousands of parties in my career. Um, and all my employees, I don't know if I answered that at all. Um, yeah, I think so. Working with the husband was wonderful. Yeah. Um, we did decide to go in different ways. He w- went to Woodstock, New York and opened a restaurant and a hotel. We still are married and live together, which is great. But, um, Amazing. we realized that 
working together on a day-to-day basis for some people is great, for some people is not so great. So, yeah. but it was great that we could have that conversation and work through that and go on and still be married and I still and have a little wonderful baby. Um, and then the third one, I don't remember what the third part of that was, uh, but how do you balance professional oh, and I don't. family life? I don't, I don't at all. <laughs> I don't at all. And anyone who tells you they figured out that balance is lying. Right. Liars. Um, I have right. some days yep. I'm a mom for four hours, then I'm a business owner, then I'm on off Broadway, <laughs> then I'm drinking wine. And, so I don't know. When when I find that balance, I think I'll be dead. <laughs> I, I feel that so hard. <laughs> I think I think death will bring that balance. <laughs> yes. Right. But I think that is the balance though, is like being able to juggle all of these things. Yeah. And if I didn't have stuff on the right, I wouldn't have stuff on the right. left. If I didn't have this, I'd be off kilter. It'd be like, you know, I mean if you're looking at the, you know, the aesthetic of it all, it's like you're juggling all the plates. Yep. And if you don't have multiple plates on one side and you don't have the equal on the other, you're like yeah. you're you, you fall out of exactly. balance. Yeah. I find man like managing a day, like let me look at this one day and try to stay present in this yeah, day. Compartmentalize. Like Oof. I'm doing right, this podcast right. now, then I gotta run to a two o'clock meeting. Like just staying there yeah. and then being like, I know my daughter gets home at five. I'm in. Like that's what I'm going to be doing. You know, it's just it's just sort of speaking to yourself on a day to day basis on what you're going to try to that that sort of works for me. But then I lose my mind every once in a while too. Can we sneak back, Mary, for a second to your living room and those first those first few days or months or years yeah. of your business? Because I am just infinitely curious about this and want to ask everyone. So how when you started the actual like business where you were like, oh, this needs an infrastructure and like, so how, what was your ratio of like being able to proactively put some stuff in place behind the scenes for that to just like fucking figuring it out on the fly? It was, you know, (laughs) it was, it was, you know, shit or get off the pot. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's horrible. Um, I hope my mom's not watching this. Um, No. It was, um, I had made the decision. I had worked really, really hard for the other catering company and realized that I wanted my own unique voice in this world. And so with the loving support of my husband, we took a really big leap. And when I say, you know, this is 2005, we had a computer that took up half of our one bedroom apartment (laughs) um, that we'd fight to use. We printed business cards um, that I would glue a tiny little baby artichoke on the front of it. And, And we sort of like set up a phone line and we were like, hoping it would ring. And fortunately, it rang. <laughs> and it rang. A friend of mine had taken a job at the Tribeca Film Festival and said, I know you, you know, you're starting this catering company. And by starting a catering company, I got business cards, set up a phone line, and got like an LLC. <laughs> like that was how I started a catering company. And he said, I have 15 parties in one week. Do you think you can do oh it? Oh, my god! And I was like, of course I can, having no idea. And it was during that that process of doing those 15 parties in one week where I did not sleep for seven days. My feet were bleeding. I was crying. I was stressed. I was chasing cheese platters. I was chasing. It was when I realized that I had absolutely made the right decision and this is what I wanted to do. Um, And I don't, and so, and then it just fortunately word of mouth, word of mouth, and it sort of grew from there, but it was terrifying. But you know, sometimes when you have nothing to lose, yep. Yep. It's the yep. greatest time to take a leap yep. and the things you're you're fearful of the most. I was I've written two books. My last book, Tiny Hot Dogs, mm-hmm, available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um we'll put it in the where show books notes. Are sold or or in my um parents' basement in copious <laughs> um, amounts. Um I um I was terrified to write this book and five or six times sat down and wrote and emailed to my editor. Let's not do this. Once it was written, uh, once it was sent and done and ready to go, t- there's like six months before it comes yeah. out. And I was like Nah, let's not. Nah, just hold that. We'll put it out another time. And it's just facing those things. And then I'm so grateful that I did. And it was, you know, facing your fears of exposing yourself or, you know, speaking honestly about things. And so um, it's often the things that scare you the most that, you know, it's a cliche, but it's really true. true. Like, like serving food on off Broadway. We have never done this before, Vanessa. We, we're, we're going for it. <laughs> nope. We're going for it. it. <laughs> we have no idea. Vanessa, do you have any trepidation like toward this new venture? I think, yeah. Like with Mary, um, I know it's going to be a success because she's so amazing. And like, it's an honor to pair wines with her food. So I think it's going to be great. I mean, if, to her point, like I've never done this either. Yeah. So obviously there's a, you know, a little bit of fear of the unknown, but it's also really exciting yeah. to try new things. You know, I think Absolutely. I would just 
be bored to tears if I didn't have challenges to face. So I'm I, I think it's going to be great. I can't wait. Question. No. Quick question about how sideways will the experience will actually work. So will there be like a wine access team that's there pouring these wines and like a Mary Giuliani catering and events team that's doing what's the like rough sketch? What do we experience? Yeah, people yeah. walking around. I mean, what's the so yeah, basically what's the whole when thing? you enter the experience you're given. So it's only it's um it's a maximum of 50 guests. I think the show seats 200 I'm gonna mm-hmm, guess mm-hmm. Just don't quote me mm-hmm. on that but it's it's more than the VIP experience we're calling it um so 50 max people show up and we're hoping that it'll sell out every single night um show up and they get a wine glass and that wine glass is their ticket and they walk up to the theater and they see this beautiful set and the set is gorgeous they're building it to make you feel it's like you're in beautiful. you know in, in Napa in the wine country, wine country. and um, yeah. it's woods and greens and really pretty it looks like a tasting room and so they will actually come down onto this set which is historic in its own um, sense the Piccadillo Theater Company started in the 50s I want to say yeah it's been around forever that either. but I will tell you that people that have performed on the stage Al Pacino Dustin yeah. Hoffman um, lots of really big names so the, the stage in itself is kind of iconic and that's pretty cool um, so they'll come in and there will be a two tasting uh, two bars with uh, the, the different wines and you could just bring up your glass and or pick another glass and and just taste around while this is going on there'll be a beautiful grazing table of cheeses and breads and meats and all the things that go well with wine but then my waiters will come out and serve these deliciously hearty bites of food. I think there's nine or ten of them nice. um, that go well with all the different types of wine. It'll have a card saying this goes well with the Pinot, this goes well. But you could just eat and eat. And um, our goal is that they've left feeling like they've eaten a meal, even though it's basically like a long, like a, like a beautiful cocktail party. And um, but right. they've learned. And then they'll go sit in the audience. And here's the here's the fun part. It's the surprise part. As the show's going on. The um the the characters are traveling to all these different uh, vineyards, and so every once in a while, new bottles will be you know in their hands, and maybe once in a while you'll get a pour if you're oh, sitting in the front seat. Oh, that's maybe. so fun! If you're the lucky one. If you're the lucky one, right, Vanessa? Am I leaving anything out? No, no. I think it's great. Yeah, and and yeah. I tried these um these beautiful. I, I don't want to call them a bite because they're actually like you can yeah. have a meal. You know, this is one of the things that we talked about is are people going to feel, uh, you know, satiated after this? And I would say absolutely. I hope so. Um, Otherwise, they're going to be yes. not very happy with me. <laughs> yeah. It's like a full it's like a full meal paired with wine. Yeah. It's interesting today. We're like because we're talking about there's a show, right? So we're talking about the actual show. We're talking about your guys's collaboration on it. And like a third piece of the sideways experience that I find really exciting as a theater maker is that so often in theater, we are asked to or we are asking our audiences to come in and sort of sit down like you were just saying, Mary, right, like in your own little corner. And something like this, especially immersive theater in general, but something really smart like this, what I love about it is that it, it sort of like makes a soup, it collides people, you end up having something to talk about with each other, these people you've never met, and you're never going to see again as you're tasting these mm-hmm. wines. And then you sit down and watch the show and experience that sort of like that, you know, single heartbeat and single breath as you're watching this piece of theater. So it's a, it feels to me like a much more complete experience. Um, oh, you just made that sound theater. so beautiful. Yeah. Like just made me excited yeah. again for Yay! the show. <laughs> but it's so exciting. <laughs> no, I think there's true. something special. Yeah. yeah, there's something really special about having, you know, the dinner experience before the show, but you have it with your party and the people that you probably already know or you're getting to know. And then being like kind of shoved into one space where you're having that experience all together and then you get to experience this immersive theatrical thing where you're like we just spent the whole night together i might have made a new best friend or i made a new business contact or i might have like met somebody who i've never would have talked to in my entire life i think that's what's so special about bringing food and alcohol because it you know it loosens you up food and wine and theater together uh as as a whole that like trinity right there is like it is oh it is a good trinity a a genius night out or yeah. yeah right or like you know, or or something that could be um, subversive or, you know what I mean? Like you have like differing opinions on that glass of wine and it yeah. brings you back together to be like, why we want to discuss that or the food with the pairing. You're like, I'm going to have to talk about this. <laughs> let's talk yeah. about it. And you walk out of the yeah. theater talking about the experience you just had in like a probably weeks or months kind of event yeah. where you're Love like, that. oh my God, I'm still talking about this. There, there are only a few <laughs> times in my life where I've actually started talking about theater months afterwards. I'm like, I had this experience. Yeah. 
I feel like that's what this oh. is going to be, especially for our listeners and your audience members. I hope so. That sounds that sounds beautiful. I I, I amen. And I have to go back to what Vanessa, what you were saying about <laughs> yeah. this bottle of wine and how you approach it, like it's going to be people are going to have conflicting opinions. I honestly was sitting here for a minute and I'm like, maybe sideways is going to like solve the problems of this world. Like maybe we're going to have these people on stage with each other yes. that are like, uh, uh, uh. I mean, I, I, on a daily basis struggle with, um, with this wonderful last name that I've been blessed with. Um, but I feel like we are at a time where, um, you know, there's so many opinions and like, let's come together and then share some wine and we're not all the same and we're are different. Yeah. And right. what positive dialogue could come out of that? I'm feeling like, you know, it might, Merlot might save the world. And tiny hot dogs. Merlot 2020, right? <laughs> this right here is an absolute beautiful segue to our last question. And it is a it is a recorded question from our friend Joshua. Hi, my name is Joshua and I am in Los Angeles. And my question is, um, recently my dad passed away. And so now whenever I see his wines, um, his favorite wines on the shelf in the store, there's you know an extra special meaning behind that. I'm more inclined to buy those wines. And I'm wondering if there's any wines that are like that for you, uh, any wines that have any kind of special meaning to you. And, and if so, what's the story behind that? Okay. Wow. All right. Now I'm crying. I'm Italian. I cry. That was beautiful. <laughs> a beautiful that was question. really beautiful. Get ready because you got to answer about food too, Mary. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So I, I don't have one, you know, one wine or one bottling that, that, uh, that has that type of meaning to me. But I'd say the wines that mean something to me are the ones that I've shared with people that I love, you know, and I think that a lot of people also, they're so afraid, like, when is the right time to open this bottle? Or how long should I hold it? And, and then often like people, you know, who are collectors, and then they'll, they'll wait too long. And in this beautiful, you know, piece of art that this winemaker, you know, slaved over just sits in the cellar and is never enjoyed. So the, the wines that I really enjoy are the ones where you don't wait for an occasion to open them. You make opening it oh. the occasion and sharing that with people that you really care about. That's beautiful. Yeah. You have to trademark that phrase. What a <laughs> yeah, that's phrase. really beautiful. <laughs> Oh my God. I'm like so taken. That was so beautiful. And I'm thinking about all the meals and I, I, I actually just a wine popped into my head. It was the first time I actually sat and drank with my dad, like a, like you don't drink with your parents ever really like but you drink when they leave. Um, or before they come over. Yeah, and, we, and we drank a bottle of prisoner. Um, and we sat on, a, on the porch and drank a bottle of the prisoner or Orin Swift. Am I going to say Orin Swift? Right? The mm-hmm. prisoner. Yes. yes. Um, and I remember it was like I thinking it was so fancy, and my dad had bought it. And um, and again, this just goes back to the food and wine. These are moments, and they make mm. stories and they create things. So I think we're on we're onto something food wise. I mean, food wise, I have all food memories because I grew up in a house where everyone was always cooking and crying and meatballs. <laughs> it's stereotypical, but. We cooked ah, meatballs every Saturday. My mom would save two meatballs outside of the sauce. You fry the meatballs first and then, yeah. we'll, and then you throw yeah. them in the sauce. So she would save two every Saturday because my dad worked on Saturdays outside the sauce. And if we tried to come near him, she would smack us. And she goes, <laughs> those are your father's bowls. Um, <laughs> those are your father's bowls. Don't touch yeah. them. And then as I get older, she said, always save two meatballs outside the sauce for someone you love. Oh. So, I still do it. Oh, my God. Now, You're ripping my I know it's going to say, out. everybody's listening, and now everybody is, like, ready to come to Sideways Experience because we've just, like, <laughs> ripped all of the heartstrings. Where can they buy tickets? Where can they follow you guys? Um, like, give us the whole... The give whole us the rundown. All right, so the show is sidewaystheexperience.com. I am Mary, not Mayor, Giuliani.com. <laughs> just MaryGiuliani.com. Oh, boy. God, I really didn't put the two of those together uh, until well, I'm just glad now. You didn't. I got Giuliani, <laughs> but Mary. No, mm, now I understand. I know, okay. Thanks. The struggle is real. And how about you, Vanessa? Uh, WineAccess.com. I mean, you can buy the tickets, as Mary said, at SidewaysTheExperience.com. But um, yeah, WineAccess.com is, um, you know, uh, where you can go and seek some of these bottlings that we've uh, traveled the world and and, and get their emails every day. They're so much fun to read. I love, re- I really actually love reading the Wine great. Access emails. <laughs> they are. They're fantastic. Yeah. You guys. You guys so are great. Amazing. Thank you so much for Seriously, doing this. Thank you. Thank you. Tiny hot 
got dogs in, in my your mouth house. hole. <laughs> I'm pretty obsessed with this. I mean, with Mary, what a perfect happy branding accident, right? Like she, there's this whole story that she didn't even tell that you can easily find if you do a little Google searching yourself about like doing these tiny hot dogs at a very fancy party, and then it sort of became the backbone of everything she does. And I, <laughs> I just, I love it so much. I can't even talk about it. I know, and it's such a funny thing too because we've all been to a party, and we've all had hors d'oeuvres, and we've done this thing. We've seen the cocktail weenies and the Vienna sausages, blah blah. blah. No, maybe not Vienna sausages, but we've seen cocktail weenies, and we've seen the like little pigs in a blanket, and like she does fun plays on all that kind of stuff that seems so normal but you're like oh this is like high-end shit i think what's so cool about being able to do this podcast and hopefully for everyone listening is that okay if you're in new york and you're a theater person or you go to theater like you're like oh oh cool someone's doing another immersive play oh cool someone's doing another movie you know riff off in the theater and it can be really easy to sort of just make uh, some assumptions about whether or not it's like a great idea or it's going to be a, a really wonderful experience. And the, the thing about this podcast is, and getting to dig deeper into the stories is like today, I mean, I truly, like I was excited before because I'm sort of obsessed with both of these companies, Marion yeah. and Wine Access, but like it's not just moneymaker, let's turn a movie. And like these stories we've heard today and the, the passion and the belief behind why they're putting all of this together is real. And I I cannot, I actually cannot wait to go see it. I'm really I know, I, I cannot wait to actually have another intro or outro of this podcast after we've seen it together, assumedly. Mm-hmm. And we all three go together and we all have our own experiences or, you know, whatever it is. We have our collective experience or we have our singular experience. I think that that's going to be, it's going to be very telling on like what this episode you know we're so excited about it but like i can't wait to see what the aftermath is i want to know what the next level (laughs) of yeah i want to know what the next level is like how was a hangover what wines did you try that you really enjoyed what food was there paired with what wine um you know you're the subjectivity of a palate you know like to have that discussion was fucking amazing hey don't forget to go to sideways the experience to get your ticks and come to uh Oh God, it's really early. I'm in Los Angeles. I like was up at six in the morning. It's so early. I can't talk. <laughs> Y'all, let's try this again. Uh, don't forget to go to sidewaystheexperience.com to get your tickets for the show. Follow Mary at Mary Giuliani. That's M-A-R-Y, not Mayor Giuliani. Mary Giuliani. Vanessa is at Vanessa Conlin. And WineAccess.com is where you go if you want to get those Wine Access emails. They also send awesome discounts every so often. And I'll put all of that in the show notes for you guys. Head over to Twitter. Follow us at Team 2C Podcast. Ask your questions for our upcoming guests. And you can also let us know about someone smart and cool that you follow online that you think that we should talk to. That's it for this episode of Take Me to Coffee. Now it is your turn. Ein. That was German for one. Check out new episodes every Tuesday on your favorite podcasting Marlowe machine. Two for special bonus content, including being able to see Mary in New York and Vanessa in Los Angeles and Jess in Los Angeles and Andrew in New York. And Emily in New York. And Emily in New York. But you won't see her because she's not on the video. It doesn't matter. She's still part of this. That's true. Head on over to our coffee club at Patreon. You can join at patreon.com slash TM2C podcast. And your contribution will help us continue to make it to make it this podcast for you with you and completely ad free. No one tells us what to do. Three, download these episodes and leave us a review so that we can emerge from the grape filled vat of a tank where wine is expelled. I'm Jess. I'm Andrew. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Two walk like two out the door, then you have magic.